Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to do it right now, actually. It's a big build-up to that. Five, four, three. It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. This is the podcast where we decide everything about the world of video games so you don't have to think for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is... Me, it's Mike Minotti. Mike Minotti. Um... We're a little bit late this week because you were uh, you were sick. I was uh, sick, I, and then we were busy. Then I didn't like you. Didn't want yeah. to do a show with you. And yeah, I, it was like it got to be Wednesday. I'm like, hey, we have time, Mike, and you're just like, I- I'm really more than usual not liking you right now. Yeah, so I'm like, Ugh. okay, I get it. I I, I get it. Mike. Yeah, but I found yeah. the strength to tolerate you long enough today for this recording. So I, let's, you know, let's that's, get to it. That's what that the money. That's what the money's for. That's why we pay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not enough. <laughs> Uh, today's episode, we will get into some news. We will be talking about some video games. Uh, first, I want to thank everybody for joining us. You can get more from me and Mike at GamesBeat.com. If you have something to share with the show, you can get us on Twitter at GamesBeat or at GBDecides. Uh, we also have an email, GamesPlusPodcast at VentureBeat.com. Uh, it's the plus sign. If you are, wa- you won't be watching this on Facebook or YouTube live. Uh, I'll probably post a video version of it later. Um, but if you're watching this on like some video site, there's an audio version of the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, all those places. Uh, finally, if you like it, if you rate this show on Apple Podcasts, it really helps people find it, and that helps us out, and we really appreciate it. Um, so, Mike, what you been up to? What you been playing? You been playing anything fun? Yeah, I've been playing some things. Um, I beat Axiom Verge on the Switch, so I got that kind of indie game knocked out. That's good. That's, that's one that's still on my like wish list on on the Switch, where I'm like, maybe if it uh maybe it goes on sale, or if I run into like some summer months where I have nothing to play, I'll finally play that game on the Switch. Yeah, I mean it's, it's fun. You, you you need to really like Metroidvanias. Uh, right. I mean, it wasn't like one of my favorite ones. My big problem with it was it, it kind of kept. It would introduce like new items and upgrades as these games do, but I felt like it never did enough with any of them. Like early on, you got like a drill. I was like, "Oh, so you like do a lot of drilling this game?" Eh, not really. You drill a little bit. You get a grappling hook. You use that a little bit. Uh, and kind of almost every item felt like that in a way. Like it's like it's like the items were almost like their uses were too specific, and the times when you would use them like that didn't really. I don't. know, It didn't seem like they were enough for me. It's not like we're in Super Metroid where when you get an ability, not only is it like useful to solve a puzzle here or there, but it's also kind of generally useful too. Like it, it kind of right. make like you use it incidentally a lot of time. Yeah, I was I was actually playing a game uh, uh sort the Swords of Ditto. I've been uh, hearing about this. Yeah, it's 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 really pretty. It's like especially like in 4K on the on the PC. Uh, it, it looks exactly like a Cartoon Network show. I, I think in the way that people talked about Cuphead and its visuals, I think they should be talking about Swords of Ditto and its its cartoon style. Like it, it, it is that impressive. Um, but it, it it's set up like a rogue light Zelda uh, with Zelda style dungeons. And one of the first weapons you get, and the, they call their weapons toys. Uh, so one of the first toys you get is a Nerf gun that doesn't hurt enemies, maybe knocks them back a few inches. Um, but mostly it's just for solving puzzles inside of the dungeons. Um, and I, I was like, ah, that's, I mean, I'm glad I have these, these, these puzzles. I like puzzles in these kinds of games. The, that's great. Uh, but it does feel kind of, kind of a waste. I mean, I'm sure that weapon gets upgraded later and can hurt people Yeah, you don't wanna, just, you, early on. It just you don't want to like, I think the ultimate example of that kind of thing was, uh, Twilight Princess's Dreidel of Death. I forget what it was right. actually called. Where, you like, know, I mean, the, that's what it's called. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the dungeon gave you this like spinning top you can ride on. You can like go up very specific tracks on walls, and 
Like, there would be some places maybe elsewhere that used it, but its use was so specific and limited, it was like, all right, this is getting too far now. To yeah. the point where the new Zelda games didn't have those anymore. <laughs> exactly, yeah. They're, yes, they completely went in the other direction. Um, so you, you finished Axiom Verge. You said it's not, not up there with, uh, you know, among the highest well, Metroidvanias. Like, what is your highest Metroidvania game on your personal list? Well, I mean, you have to have Super Metroid and you have to have Symphony of the Night. And then Ori and the, I think Ori and the Blind Force is the only other one that I would say is in their league. Right. Okay. That top like, tier. Yeah. That super, super duper top tier. And there's been a lot of pretty good indie ones. Like, like I would say even a Guacamelee, which again, it's not in that tier is better than this. Uh, there's still a couple of them I haven't played. I haven't played Hollow Knight yet. I haven't played Dead Cells yet. So there's a few that I'm, I'm trying to get to still. But uh, yeah, we'll get there. Hmm. Yeah. I um. Yeah. Like I said, I'm probably gonna pick it up later. We'll see. Um. I see that you've also been playing Stardew Valley. I mean, I'm curious. Uh, this is one where I know you've had it for a long time. Uh, like even on the Switch, I think you did. You buy it a while ago, and uh, no, no, I bought it for PC like forever ago. Just okay, never played it. And then like when the Switch version was coming out, I was like, I'm going to play it on that instead. So I had to like rebuy it again, which is fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been looking forward to this game forever. I just yeah, all these circumstances kind of I, I wasn't getting to it. And then like once I started Axiom Verge, I'm like, no, I'm going to beat this before I play another game. Uh, a hype that I've gotten pretty good into lately. This finishing game, so I can finally start Stardew Valley now, and. You know, I, I really liked these, like, the Harvest Moon games, but I, I played them, like, in, like, 2000, right? It was, like, the Nintendo 64 and Game Boy Color ones were the ones that I played. And it is fun to go to this, like, oh, yeah, this is, this is pretty much still that. It, it's neat. But, you know, it, it is just a very good loop, right? Where it's where it's, it's a bit of that Animal Crossing, like, essentially you want to make money so you can kind of upgrade your house and your stuff. So there's, there's a lot more things to upgrade than your house. It's like, well, I want to be able to afford a bigger backpack. And, well, now that I have that, I want to be able to afford to build, a, a, like, a pen so I can raise, raise uh, cows and pigs. And then, you know, it's, it's just these slow things that, like, kind of keep pushing you before you know it. You have, like, a much bigger form. I'm still pretty early into it. Right. Uh, but I'm definitely like, oh, yeah, this is definitely my, uh, something I can get into. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I was having a couple of, uh, at least, like, two weeks where I was very, very into it. And I was on that path where I was just going to keep playing it forever. And then I started playing that, that eco game, which actually scratched a lot of the same itches, but you're, you're playing online with other people. Uh, so you can, so every like, every like little farm you set up, it has this impact on yourself, the game, but also all the, all the other people you're playing with. Uh, and I found that very satisfying. So when I went back to, to Stardew Valley after like our eco game ran out after 30 days, it was like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I'm, I could still get into this and I still will finish this run, but I'm not feeling that same compulsion just because I want to play online with other people for some reason. Um, they did add that multiplayer to it too. Yeah, but it's like something I, I don't think I want multiplayer in these games yeah. personally. It's not something I I really need. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that this game is focused on single player. I wouldn't want it to be multiplayer first. It was just like after having that experience, sure. it was like now now this feels a little bit uh, less dynamic. Which, See, like you know, uh, yeah, like because of single player, I really like that whole kind of you play a day at a time sort right. of thing. And yeah, it's which again makes a very good fit for the switch. You go to bed, you play a few days, you have some time here, you play a day. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a, a very good game. I can see why people were so in love with it, you know, back in whenever it came out, twenty sixteen or whatever. Um yeah. I I wanna I wanna hear your updates. I wanna hear who you end up marrying. So keep Oh uh, yeah, I mean there's some prospects right now. There's there's Penny <laughs> who's like the nice uh girl who lives in a trailer 
like the redhead. And, and, and named after your dog. So yeah, that's kind of funny, right? Yep. There, there's Haley. She's like the, the hot snobby one, but you know, she's hot. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, and you're, you're a farmer. You're, you, you work all day. You're allowed to be a little shallow. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, one of the things that they did in this most recent update, at least on the beta on steam is, uh, you can build Penny a house. Uh, which is something mm-hmm. you probably probably can't do in the in the game you're playing right now, just because the update hasn't gone through to the Switch. So, are you going to feel bad if like she just continues to have to live in her in her uh, trailer? Well, if I marry her, she could come live with me. I guess I'm so. assuming. I guess but, so. Uh, if I don't marry her, then I don't know how Haley's going to feel about me building some other uh, girl a house. Look, I've been. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Yeah. Hey, I've been married for a few years now. I'm still figuring this whole thing out. I'm I'm going to see if she wants to come live with me soon. We'll see. <laughs> Jeff, I don't know what to say, but I think, I think she was supposed to do that after you got married. Huh. That doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> okay, my bad. Maybe I don't understand. Um. So, uh, speaking of building stuff, relationships, um, I've been playing with uh, Labo a little bit. Um, something I meant to actually talk about last week. Uh, but I didn't get around to it. So the day it came out, uh, 420, uh, smoke weed every day. I, yeah, I went out to Target and picked picked it up. I uh, used my wife's Target card, got that 5% discount, what, what. Of course. Um, and yeah, I took it home. And that night I started putting together the the piano. And I got about, uh, you know, over the, that day and the next, I got about 90% of the way finished with the piano. And now I've been so busy, I haven't had a chance to go through and actually finish it. And that's all I've done with it. Um but it's sitting there and it's taunting me. And the the one thing about it is it's, you know, it's half finished and it's sitting on the table or whatever. I have to keep like making sure it has its own space set off to the side because it is cardboard and it's not finished yet. And if it were to like fall down, it could, you know, yeah, it could, it really could be it because it's not just like, Oh, you know, it could break or something, but it has all of these like uh very specific infrared stickers or these uh you know these stickers sure. that respond to the it, light it seems like something you should probably try to finish in one go if oh, you yeah, weren't it, a dummy yeah. like you yes exactly I, I mean they do tell you to take a break in the game though and some of these builds take three or four hours and i don't i don't think that's like a, a detriment to what labo is i think like that is, i mean part of this is the building i just think if you are going to sit down and build i think start early in the morning and try to finish it by that night i think that's the best best thing you can do um but yeah i'm so i'm still i still need to like finish one of these things and start playing around with it but i have been watching people make stuff with the piano which is one of the reasons i made that first um it seems very cool yeah do you think is it already at a point where you think it's safe to say this isn't gonna be some kind of like mega hit level it always it seems like sales aren't Mm -hmm. on fire it doesn't seem like it seems like there's a curiosity around it but not a fervor I uh, I think it is starting to get to the point where it's safe to say it's not going to be a um a, an amiibo situation. Um, that doesn't mean that they won't end up like having huge sales during the holidays. Like who knows? Um, once once November rolls around and people need to give gifts and this thing's sitting there and everyone already has a switch, may- maybe this makes more sense then. Uh, but for right now, it doesn't feel like it's going to be. Like it's definitely not an NES classic. Like it's definitely not that. Um, are you are you planning to get this at all? Not really, to be yeah. honest, Jeff. I don't know. Just not, I'm I'm curious about it, but not enough to like right spend. It's still seventy bucks. It is. It's still seventy bucks, and it still sounds like something I'm ultimately going to mess around with for a couple of days, and then it's it's kind of clutter. 
Right. Right. Like, yes. I would almost like pay 20 bucks to rent one, like, build it. <laughs> and then once I'm done with it, like, donate it or something. I right. don't know. But, like, yeah, it, it seems interesting, but I don't know. I'd rather just play a, a video game. Yeah, like a, you could be like a task rabbit for someone who has kids like that are, that are too young to actually put yeah. together. Which is what I used to do with Lego, actually, for like like some like nephews and stuff, and just like oh, I'll put the Lego together, and they would sit next to me and help. <laughs> Luckily, I like Lego. I mean, I do like Lego putting stuff together, so like I, I'm sure I would. Oh, I don't think I would it's not super enjoy satisfying. it. Yeah, yeah, you I, would. I would. I would get into it. It's just I mean. No, I know what you mean. Because, like, this is, you know, Lego, you uh, you can break apart if you want, and you can right. put it away uh, and then get it out. And, you know, maybe it's not as easy to put the whole thing together again, but the, you just have Legos at that point, and they're useful on their own as individual components. Uh, the cardboard is not, le- it's not going to be that. Like, once it's put together, you have to keep it together this, or throw it out. Is this the easiest video game of all time to set on fire? <laughs> I mean, we could test it. What's our new YouTube show? Is this the easiest video game to set on fire? dot com? Let's yeah. get that. Let's get a copy of uh, uh, Steel Battalion. Some <laughs> yeah, some uh, DK bongo drums. Oh, yeah. oh. see, so, yeah, see how combustible that is. They can put it on the box. Most flammable game ever. I do wonder what the Pinto of video game consoles is. Like, which one is the most likely to explode? I know they all seem pretty safe, but there's got to be one that is just more likely to expo- explode than all the rest. Well, didn't the PlayStation 3 have a heating problem? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I yeah, mean there was 360 like, had its whole rhetoric of that, but that right. was more of like an overstate than... It was a heating problem, but also because it was poorly designed. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so you've also been playing Nino Kuni 2. This is this is something that I think you started last week, right? Did you Yeah, I think yeah, I think I started it last week. I'm still not super into it. I'm kinda like I- I'm almost getting a little nervous that it's it's Uh-oh. it's too simple. Yeah, so people were saying that they were um they were using cheat engine on the PC to make it harder. <laughs> Because they're like, it's way too simple, it's way too easy, uh, and so it's not challenging throughout the entire game. So Uh, they were just, they were modifying all the values of the enemies to uh, make it more challenging. Really? Yeah, it's something I'm like, I actually am worried about is, like, the game is very pretty, and it's, the music is also something like that, but, like, I'm not going to kind of force my, I don't know. No, I want to play this game, I want to play it, but, uh, Penny's upset, but, uh. She wants you to play it. Penny, my dog, not Penny, my Stardew Valley. But she, I'm sure she's upset too. Yeah. She's probably mad too. But yeah, we'll see. I am still very early, and I haven't even gone to like the kingdom building stuff yet. So uh, we'll see. This is something I was thinking about. Just like how much more important it seems to me lately to get like a sense of accomplishment from right. the games I play, which I think is why I play a lot more competitive games now. Why I'm playing Fortnite a bunch and. Overwatches. I think it's why Fortnite specifically is so satisfying. I'm sure mm-hmm. PUBG is the same way because, yeah, like getting that win when you beat a hundred other people, right, or nine other people, that feels I mean, really good. Even a kill is really good. Like even mm-hmm. a, just getting a kill feels really awesome. Right. Whereas I think Okay Three right now, like winning a fight. So far, I've done nothing in that game that I thought was difficult or worthy of right. uh, praise. Yeah. Right, like, I mean, even beating Axiom Virgins wasn't super hard. It's like, all right, yeah, I beat that game. That's cool. That's something. Yeah, I, this is like a, maybe a weird tangent. I'm not going to get back into the God of War thing, uh, but it's like maybe that is kind of what I'm thinking about when I'm playing through God of War, even though the combat is 
is deep and it's real and it's gameplay that's not just like you're not just holding down the win button in that game for sure. Yeah, but, but it's I also, understand. Right, but it, but it, to me, I, the, like the thought that just popped into my head is I remember I used to play euchre with all of my friends uh, back in in Ohio. Everyone played euchre, which is just a, a card game. I guess if people don't don't yeah, know I where don't you know have, what euchre is. Okay, so yeah, yeah, it's just you have a partner across the table, and the the, the rules are they're, they're pretty simple stuff. But basically, it's just um, it got to a point where you almost always knew what you had to do to have the best chance of winning. Uh, because like there was only so many permutations of how the cards could be played. And all the challenge was in, uh, trying to get your partner to play along with you and play the cards, uh, correctly overall. But if you, if you sort of just played the math, you would almost always win because you would just edge out the other side just that little bit by making sure that you just did make the smartest play every time. So it got to the point where we were just kind of going through the motions and it, it felt like, why am I even playing this anymore? I could just like, I could just program something to play this for me at this point and I'm, I'm over it. So it was like, I, I learned the system and that was satisfying. But once it was learned, it was no longer, once you kind of solved it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It was no longer rewarding. Um, and, and that kind of, you know, enveloped out over my life into getting to points where it's like, okay, well, if I could see there's a system and it's a system that's to be conquered and it's, you know, it's not the most difficult thing in the world and it's supposed to be more, more entertaining than challenging. Well, I know I'm going to get to that point eventually. So why even sort of feel that need to get to there at all? Um, you know, and that's not exactly a great way to be looking at video games. And, and I understand. I sympathize with developers. There are people who will get frustrated. It's, it's this fine line between the people who just get easily frustrated and people who get easily bored, right? right? Like, which, yeah. which one do you cater to? Yes. And you can do things like multiple difficulty settings but even that it, it, it's not a great solution so like even though I, i'll complain about games being too easy i'm still i always get uncomfortable about setting games to hard mode and yes, i don't know why here. like even though i can do it because like i i'm just not it right me yeah because i'm worried like well if i play, like, keep playing it on normal like it's supposed to get harder then it will and if i put it on hard mode then suddenly i'm gonna like outpace myself well what scares me i think about going to hard mode is having to maybe go back to normal mode because then it's like a concession or like yes, an admission. For sure. Yes, and then I, it's like, uh then I'm right. like, oh, I suck. Yeah. And it's totally like I'll tell myself, like, oh, I can always just drop back down later, but I never do. No. And I instead I just I like it, what really happens is I'll just push through and I'll be frustrated the entire time, or I'll uh or I'll just like stop playing it and be like, Oh, I'll get to that later. Um and tell myself that until I forget about the game completely. Yeah. Um, okay, sorry about that tangent. I've that was a good uh, one, I thought. Yeah, for sure. I so I I did want to check in with you a little bit on Fortnite and PUBG. Have you you played Fortnite since the uh, update? I played uh, quite a bit of Fortnite. Yeah, you were I, yeah it. yeah you were saying like this this is a fun game. I, saw I got a couple solo wins. I got a duo win. I got like like four or so squad wins now. Yeah, and I um I, I picked up PUBG again recently uh, over the past couple of weeks. Well, like the past week, I started playing a bit more. Um, and like my first game back, I had like seven kills and finished like second overall. Uh, and I was really rusty. I remember having some, a lot of trouble before that. So to come back and have such a good match immediately, I was like, okay, this, this is nice. This sure. Is it's funny how we're on other sides of the, the sort of Fortnite PUBG. Yes. Thing. Yeah, it is. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I keep trying Fortnite. I, I play it at least, at least once a week. Most most of the time, I play it more than that. Though well, we we haven't played together yet. No, we haven't. I, yeah, and I need to just I need to just do that. I need to just start playing with people who actually enjoy it because I'm sure that'll make it, it way better. Um, but yeah. So so what's the state of Fortnite like after this update? I'll tell you what. The update has been I think really well done, very well executed. Kind of just having like 
this one sort of day where like there's like a good amount of changes is always right. very healthy for these games, right? And like these, these map changes, and it's like there's like the big ones, right? Like this is a new area of the map. This is the area of the map. Then there's also there's kind of these little hidden things here or there. Like there's like a missile silo that's been added into this one place. Right. There's like a almost like a like a bat cave type thing under this mansion. So, uh, neat, very neat things like that. And some of the gameplay changes, like the no more crossbows, some things are just tweaks here or there. It really did kind of uh, freshen up the uh, the whole thing. Even though, like, I- I'm still so early into it that I didn't necessarily need a whole lot of f- freshening up. But uh, it was a pretty exciting update. I thought it was a really good way to kind of handle something like you know a one map game. It's a good way to oh yeah make that more exciting. And, and you know what? I mean, Epic is kind of showing everyone else how to do this stuff. Uh, it's not just like the, the day of the like delivery of the update itself leading up to it and putting the, the Easter egg in there and I, other developers do this stuff for sure, but it felt like Epic did it better. I mean, did they do it better or is it just Fortnite is so big that I everyone's think that, no, conversations everywhere? I think they did a really good job. I think, I think so was, too. there's a lot of intrigue, like, Oh, what's happening? Everyone's talking, like what's going on? Like, no, they, you know, we could be cynical about them, you know, making their battle royale, blah, blah, blah. But their execution of it, just first yes. off, and like the initial design and then their promotion and their updates for it has really been like uh, just insanely well done. Yeah, I mean, they it's it makes sense. They have this whole, you know, uh, this, what was their, their MOBA that they closed down recently? Paragon. Yeah, Paragon. They, they, they had that whole team. They could just like be like, okay, you guys work on Fortnite now. And so like they have the manpower and they have all this expertise and they have the engine that they make that they are doing this all in. And it just all of that expertise and all of that, that human power is coming down to bear on this one, on this nexus of this hyper popular game uh, that is in this new style, of not just Battle Royale, but free to play on consoles and mobile and PC um, that is still a core game. It's free to play for core gamers and they are, yeah, they're just, they're knocking it out of the park. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's something special. I, I can't believe uh, how well that they, uh, not just led up to that update, but how well the update has like really been received by other people, by, by the players, by the player base. Are, are, I kind of wanted to ask you, are you surprised that PUBG has so quickly been kind of overthrown as like the hot game? Not, not even just Battle Royale, but just, like, the kind of game. Right. So, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely surprising, right? Like, this time last year, um, we were getting ready for E3. I guess, So, I guess, like, PUBG was still building up at this point. Uh, but when we got back from E3, for the rest of the year, it was PUBG. PUBG is, is the game that mattered. Um and th- those kinds of games don't come around, come along like all the time. Like there was Pokemon Go before that, like, you know, the year or maybe a couple of years, two years before that, maybe. Um, like th- those games are, you know, they're, they're every couple of years. Uh, but then to have this Fortnite game build up kind of slowly, but also not slowly. It's also been this rapid overtaking. No matter what, that was going to be surprising. That just doesn't happen. Um, at the same time, once you see what the game is and you see just how uh, how much of a polished version it is of what PUBG was trying to do and and you see uh that it's free to play on consoles and and like it's it works really well on both PlayStation 4 and Xbox 1 uh it's like okay no this makes sense once people could get this game mode on on their home system that they all have uh you know th- it was going to blow up like it's the console that Drake plays on Drake plays on a PlayStation 4 PUBG on PC 
Post Malone plays on that, sure, but most other celebrities <laughs> don't have their gaming PC set, yeah, don't have their games, gaming PC set up, uh, ready to go, uh, even if it is something that they're interested in. So it, it, it just, it reminded me just how important consoles are. Um, like it, it felt like, I mean, especially me being like shifting to PC gaming editor, um, and slowly transforming into like one of those, those shitty PC people that's like, oh, it's almost not even a real game if it's not on PC. <laughs> like that's where I'm at almost, and it's really yeah. bad. I don't want to be there. It's bad, but it, that's kind of what I'm like. I, mean, I, time play, I, think that way. I play a lot more. I mean, gosh, probably about ninety percent of my gaming, if not more, is is PC. It's PC and Switch specifically. But oh, I've been, I've been, exactly. I have not been doing a whole lot of PlayStation Four and Xbox One unless it's one of their kind of like big exclusives, like a God of War. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's that's exactly where I'm at. Uh, but. The, this was a reminder that uh, we are special cases, and the vast, vast majority of people play on consoles. I mean, that's. Just, I mean, it's not. It's not even like a, like saying anything negative about PC. It's like games that I think of as PC games, like Rocket League. I know it came out on PS4 with its uh, PlayStation Plus for free, but it felt like over time that game became a PC game. That's what I thought about it as. It seems where like the, the most vocal community was at. Uh, but no, it still has way more players, like to this day, on PlayStation Four and even Xbox One, um, where it came out later. So, so, so yeah, like once the game went free to play on console and was there, it was like, okay. I can I can clearly see the path for Fortnite to become as big as it did. Once once you reconcile that games can become that big these days, like it's um, that's that that is that alone is a pretty wild idea. Um, so yeah, it's simultaneously surprising and and totally predictable. It feels like. Um, All right, that's another tangent. Maybe we should get to the news now. Yeah, let's say I, I'll just say last thing I was playing was BattleTech. Oh which, right, and it's I it's I've only let's put it. I, about it. I have only played two missions now. It's it's one of those games where I'm like I really want to find time for this, but I do have to sit down at my PC and have time to really get through one of these things, and they could take forty five minutes to an hour and a half to get through one of them, and uh, you know, it's it's a really a thinking person's tactical strategy game, and I'm not always a thinking person. Like I think we can <laughs> yeah, all agree obviously. to that. Yeah. So so I, I have to be. I have to get into that mood. When I'm in that mood, though, it is ooh, it's primo. It's very well done. Um. Okay. You're right. Let's let's do the news. So, I mean, the big. I think the big story is just that Red Dead Re- two Red Dead Redemption two is still coming out. Like that's a video game that everyone wants to play. Yeah, we had the big trailer. That's right. So the earlier, earlier this week, uh, the the latest trailer for the game, very much diving in. Oh, excuse me, diving into the story and like what that is, and well, maybe not necessarily just the story, but it was very much a, a tone piece. It's setting uh, the vibes. Right. It was. It certainly wasn't showing us gameplay systems or stuff like that. Right. And and Rockstar never does that stuff. Right. I mean, right. Yeah, Rockstar exactly. trailers are never gameplay trailers. So like c- considering that, I think okay, yeah, this is what they do, and they did a really good one of those. And I'm I'm starting to get pretty excited about it. Like, what were you thinking coming out of that? Trailer? Yeah, I mean, it definitely. I, I'm still just I don't know why I've always felt this way. I like Red Dead Redemption one so much, and I like it so much more specifically than all other Rockstar games. Right. That I'm still like so skeptical and like worrisome about like how good is the, I, how much I'll like this game. I, I have a feeling once I play it, I will love it or like it a lot. But I, I'm not gonna know until that happens. I'm not like I don't know how much assurance I'm going to be able to get from any trailer, really. Yeah, for sure. I, I was, um, you know, I, I saw it and we relate to it and I'm like, I'm like, oh, we should write about it. So I kind of 
came up with a, a a hot take on it that was just like I I want Rockstar to maybe do a little bit more with its writing with its story than it, it has been known to do. Like Rockstar is very much in that wheelhouse of especially at least with the Grand Theft Auto games, uh, they're satirizing stuff. Um, but in Red Dead Redemption, uh, you know, I, I played 15 to 20 hours of it. I did not finish that game though. But what, you know, what, what I got from that game was they are, you know, once again, looking at American culture and maybe deconstructing it a little bit, but it was, it was very much supposed to make you feel like this is the end of an era of, of this very defining moment of American history of the American frontier. And it felt like, um, like it was just, it bought into the myth, just like all popular culture does. And I was kind of hoping like maybe this next one can deconstruct it a little bit further and, and maybe look into the ways that that myth has affected America and, and sort of, you know, maybe acted a little bit of a, as a, as a poison and what, like what our belief systems are. Yeah. So basically you're kind of saying like the romanticizing of the, the old West little bullshit and you kind of want that taken to task a little bit. Yeah, I think exactly. That's exactly what it is. I, and, you know, I, I think Rockstar has the chops to pull that off. It's just a matter of the will. Yeah. So, I mean, what I really liked about Red Dead Redemption 1 was really just the, the more more so than that stuff, like, you know, what we've seen, you know, End of the Old West, that kind of thing. Just the characterization of that, of the hero in that game, in his story. Right. Yeah. So, well, and it was tied into that End of the Old West stuff, but just specifically that one character worked so well. That's another reason why I'm like, well, you know, it's not that character again. Can they, you know, lightning strike twice that way with this new person whose name I forget? Uh, we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Um, Beyond Good and Evil 2 uh, got a new trailer as well, or a new sort of developer <laughs> video thing. Yeah, they did kind of like a, like, you know, sit on the couch talking about the game, answering some questions. Was there any new gameplay? Yeah, there was some gameplay a um, little bit. It was it's very it looks very early, but it's still it looks neat. Like yeah. the gameplay was like riding a spaceship for like flying a spaceship at kind of like low or high orbit. At one point, like the character kind of ran from one spaceship like top to the next. Yeah. Um, it's the game sounded very ambitious. It's very much kind of open world, multiple worlds because it's space. Like the whole point is you are a a spaceship captain, right? Uh, you even make your own character this time, so. Uh, and like they have all these different like alien like species choices, you know, beyond good and evil. So it's all it's like a you know a, a pig man, a, a lizard man, a gecko man, uh, you know, all, all those kind of things. A panda man with you love it with weird nipples. Gecko man is my favorite insurance company. Mascot. Gecko man, it's pretty yeah. cool. But uh, and you know they're just kind of dropping some some tidbits here and there. Like even though it's a prequel to Beyond Good and Evil, but they said Jay will. It's after Jay was born, so it's like not a super prequel. It's not like hundreds of years, right? Before. It's within the same like it, it could affect J- Jade's life, like right. that sort of thing. It's not uh, like Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, there's going to be like, uh, like I, I think he said you could recruit anybody to join your crew, like huh. in the game. Like, and I don't know if that was you know. And then if you football. if you change your hair, everyone in that town is going to change their hairstyle because you're a hero. Oh God! That's <laughs> right. Oh yeah. no! It is sounding a little fableish, isn't it? It's oh. sounding a little bit fableish to me, Mike. It that's, is. That, that's that's funny. my thinking. I, man, I didn't think about that. Said. It, yeah. So it, it sounds ambitious. I think there are still a lot of people who are kind of like, I just wanted Beyond Good and Evil too. Right. And it, it's kind just of continue like, that story with those characters. Like, I mean, those characters were a big part of it, right? I mean, that it, it is kind of a strange decision in that sense, right? Especially when you go the make a make a character route. 
Because then that right. character can only ever be so important, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, they, they they can't be on the money. Well, I guess they could, but they'd be different in everyone's game, and and uh, the sequels would have to you know right. import that stuff. Yeah, exactly. They can only be so important. But yeah, there's a lot of games where I, I'm not a huge fan of that. I mean, you know, again, that that's kind of like the Fable Skyrim thing, right? You make the character, you're you're, you're the hero. It's strange to put that into a game that was already like had a cover star. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Yeah, I, yeah, it, I, I still yeah, think the game sounds cool. I, I don't know if it's going to tickle. That's the question, right? Is this going to tickle everyone's fancy as Beyond Good and Evil Two, or is this going to just be like this really good game that has some cool connections to be Beyond Good and Evil? Yeah, I I, I thought the the movement stuff, the the jet. I don't actually. I don't know if the jetpack looked very exciting. It looked like they were just slowly moving up. But I'm like, okay, at least they're they're trying some stuff here. That looks it looks very open. Um, I can't think of the name of the game, but it reminds me of that one game where you could get in a ship and then go out into space. It was like one of the first games where it's like, oh, you look, you can fly into space in real time. Uh, I think not it might no be No Man's Sky. Yeah, not No Man's Sky. It was like Havoc or Haven or something. It doesn't matter. Um, but uh, I will say real quick that Ubisoft feels like the one publisher that has a vision. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, do you, sure. like if you, if I asked you to explain EA's or Activision's Okay, Activision's vision. Um, then, like, would you be able to do it? Like, other than release Call of Duty every year or release <laughs> Battlefield every year? I mean, yeah. So, I mean, well, I guess on the uh, the other side, you could say that they're more diversified than Ubisoft, right? That's the way to spin it. But Ubisoft right. is very much focused on these kind of large open world uh, yeah. experiences. Yeah, they, yeah, they definitely are. But I mean, like, I think. Um, they're more more diversified across like they have sports games like EA and, Act- and Activision has some stuff uh and they have mobile like both of those guys have huge mobile companies underneath them now um and, and Ubisoft has some mobile stuff but it's not nearly as big i that that said though i just feel like in terms of uh, AAA uh, exclude or you know AAA major blockbuster games uh this they're taking they're taking more chances it feels like uh they're doing more things that are original, especially this console generation in general. Um, they are they are releasing new stuff, like I mean, the Division and you know Watch Dogs, as much as you know whatever you want to say about that. Um, you know, Beyond Good and Evil Two is clearly a a reboot slash sequel, like we were talking about last week. Um, and it's it, it also looks like a risk. So yeah, I, I, it feels like U- Ubisoft has a vision for what they want to do. Uh, in a way that these other publishers don't, and it's it also seems like that's treating them pretty well. Like they're going to be able to turn that into something. Um, okay. Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery forces you to pay or wait to save a kid from being strangled. That's a, yeah, the game has an energy system, which seems like a bad idea in 2018. I don't know. Yeah, it does seem like a bad idea. Seems like if you can't find a way to just make the microtransactions into cosmetics, uh, then... It shouldn't be too hard. Well, I guess kids have uniforms, but there should be something in the Harry Potter video game you should be right. able to sell people, right? Yeah, for sure, and I mean, yeah, we have come so far in these in the, in the way these business models work that you would expect them to come up with something better. But to implement it so poorly like this, like that's very funny, right? It's yeah, it's really well, it's stupid. Like, I haven't played, it, but it's like a, it's kind of like an RPG sort of a thing, right? Like, yeah, you just hit these story moments, like ah, oh, you can't continue till you wait a few days or you know wait hours or give us money now. Right. Yeah, the, the whole area system is just as as an elegant way to monetize a right. I, game as possible. I've changed my opinion on like free to play games a lot over the years, but my, my my thing used to be just like I don't want I don't want to think about money when I'm playing a game. I want to just pay pay for my game and 
just be able to you know enjoy what it is for what it is without having to consider what's in my bank account and whether I, I'm able to afford more of the game while I'm playing it. Um, and you know that's uh, like that's changed a lot because I think like they have made a lot of good systems that work so well um, where it's just cosmetics or whatever. But then when you get to a, a point where it's like the character in front of you is being strangled and you can't save them unless you wait or pay. Um, it's like, okay, this is such a harsh reminder of what this game really is that it would, it would turn me off. And it sounds like a lot of people have been turned off of it, uh, if not for this specific reason, but for this reason in general. Um, okay. So, uh, yesterday valve updated steam. Uh, there's a beta update. If you go into your steam and you know, you opt into it, uh, that enables you to use the Nintendo switch pro controller on steam. Is this something you would ever do, Mike? Is this something that excites you? No. Yeah, I mean, I, I think play games on Steam, and they're probably meant to be played with a massive keyboard, or otherwise, I can just use like an Xbox One controller, and that's fine. Yeah, I, uh, I the one thing that I was excited to try, and I was like, I'm like, I'm gonna go write about this actually, uh, was the motion controls. I'm like, there are reasons that motion controls in a controller like that make sense. I mean, Steam's controller itself has has the gyros in it, uh, and I think the Nintendo Switch Pro controller may, might have the best gyros out of any one of these game pads. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go try that out. But it was the one thing that was half busted. It was always like listing to the left. So I'm like, oh, okay, I can't even try it out. So they're, they're working on a fix for that. So once they get that implemented, I want to see how it works and see if it's a, uh, a, you know, viable alternative. But I know a lot of people swear by gyro controls, even on PC, right. just because they're, you know, they do want to go sit on a couch or whatever. And, uh, they don't want to just play those the point and click civilization games with the Steam controller. So like, oh yeah, like you can gyro aim in, in, in some of these more story based first person games, and it works really well. I'm like, okay, well I want I want to try that out with both the Steam controller and Pro controller and see how it works. Um, God of War, that's a, a pretty big game, uh, and it sounds like it is the the biggest PlayStation 4 game. It sold 3.1 million units in its first three days. That makes it the fastest selling PS4 exclusive ever. Um, and that makes a lot of sense to me. This game, it, it was highly anticipated and then delivered in the reviews and in the early words. So that's not surprising to me at all. Right. Yeah. You have this kind of like franchise, you know, cachet, and then you're able to capitalize it in, you know, with a very, you know, well done marketing, a great reveal. And then from since then they, they did a very good job of like when they would reveal things and not revealing too much. And then getting reviews out very early, letting reviews drop like a week before the game came out, which, you know, this, the, these days is like, wow, that's so early. Right. Uh, right. So yeah, they, they, they were kind of just beaming with confidence on this one. They think they know that they had a big hit here and it, it is a big hit. It's yeah. probably going to, I think Uncharted 4 is the PlayStation 4's best selling game right now. It's like nine points something. And this will, this will probably overtake that, especially after holiday. Once that's all accounted for. Yeah. God of War seems like it's one of those, um, broadly appealing games that always sells well no matter what and now it's it's very good as well and on the the very hot playstation 4 so yeah it just makes sense all around um finally we, we talked about this a little bit the star uh, stardew valley uh multiplayer bit I, I i will say that i'm trying to try this uh it <laughs> trying seems, to try yeah it seems like it's not it, it may not be what most people are thinking it sounds like one person starts a multiplayer game and then other people can come and exist in that world but they are not the they're not like having their own farms like i think it's so animal I, crossing style yeah it sounds like it might be maybe a little bit well, a little bit more advanced version of it, animal, animal it would be crossing. hard to do concurrent because the game is based on like that sort of 
day system, system, right? Where you go to right. bed. Like there's a real time, there's like a real timer, but like things that, you know, you, you choose when you go to bed, when you start a new day, like unless like both people agree when to go to bed or something. And then in which case everyone's got to be there at the same time. So yeah. Yep. yep yeah. You'd have to make fundamental changes to the way that Stardew Valley works. And that may be a bigger undertaking than what this multiplayer was ever going to be. So it, it's, it's nice that it's in there, but it wasn't exactly what I was thinking. I mean, we and had I don't know why I was more about that in the first social farm games. It was Farmville and stuff like that. And it, it was just, a, it was a very different kind of a thing. It was, you know, not, I don't want to say it was a chore for people to it, but it was like, you have to, since it's all real time, you have to like be there that day and make sure this is happening and do this. And you can visit your friend and right. why not? I don't necessarily need that stuff in Stardew Valley. No, yeah, you, you're you're definitely right. I, I just well, I, was like, I, I, I was imagining like setting up a shop and like and putting stuff in there and selling it to people and and that those sort of experiences. And again, that's what so you I wanted to Ultima Online is what you wanted to do. Basically, yeah, yeah, I did because uh, I was I was having a lot of fun doing it in that eco game. So I'm like, maybe Stardew Valley is the next place where I can get that you know get my fix for that stuff. Uh, and then it's just not that's never going to happen. You're right. It's the way the game's set up is too different. Um. But yeah, I, that does it for news, Mike. I, I we don't have a second second topic this week. We are recording kind of late, so I kind of wanted to just kind of get this. Can you believe E3 is happening though. soon, man? No, literally. Okay, so people always do those jokes like, "How oh, can't believe E3 is tomorrow?" or "I can't believe this is the last day of E3." Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. And then someone yesterday, I think, said, "Hey, it's five weeks to E3," and that's real. That's not a joke. Oh yeah, that is so nuts. Like, I mean. I want to be like looking forward to it and excited about it, but I keep thinking about all the work I want to get done before I even start planning E3. So I'm, it's very stressful for me to think about E3 right now. But when if I can like push through those emotions a little bit, I uh, I do get pretty excited because it feels like this E3 st- stuff's got to happen. This is a this is gonna be a very Mikey E3 because there's gonna be Kingdom Hearts, Smash Brothers, and Mega Man. Yeah. So <laughs> Mikey, <laughs> Mikey's excited. So you might have a, a really good time, and oh. I'm gonna be like, ah. What the hell happened here? I'm gonna be uh, having a grand old time. I I do. I mean, I want to see if if Microsoft like comes out with anything. That is the big question mark. Is, is Microsoft responding? Are we going to? Are they going to pretend like Crackdown Three is a big deal? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. I mean, like, like it's, that's it's, a game I'm gonna play, but it's it's not a big deal, guys. Like, you need to have some big deals. Here's here's the nightmare scenario. Crackdown Three. Next Forza, and then like a teaser for Halo Six. Yeah, that will that, be like as bad as their show could be. Yeah, that's like the bare minimum. It's like, man, there better be something besides that. Or and, like, you know, it's like also here's some third party games. And yeah, yes, yeah, and they're totally they like Phil Spencer. I think was saying like, oh, we want to, we want to like house some third party stuff on our on our stage. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, have some space for that. I know you guys have the Xbox One X, the most powerful console ever. I witnessed it. Thank you very much. But you guys need to have first party Microsoft stuff that rivals Sony in any way. Like at least one, but probably a handful of stuff and and borrow from Sony's playbook. Go find some decrepit developer that made some game that everyone loves from 20 years ago and say, okay, we're going to give them money to make a sequel that never comes out, or at least doesn't come out for seven years or whatever. But honestly, just do that stuff, because it's what people... It's It signals to people that you care, which is what people want more than anything else, I think. Shenmue 3, the announcement may have been more important than Shenmue 3, the game will be. Exactly. I have no doubt that it is more important (laughs) than the game will be. Like, that's... I'll have a hard time buying that that game will have anything 
important to do in terms of uh, defining the way video just games think about how much, like, forward. They could just they could get some good like cachet if they just went to say like, hey, we're gonna use some money so you can make like a new jet set radio for as an Xbox exclusive again. Right. Like exactly. how much money would that even cost? Like you know, can't be a whole ton. Yeah, and there there, there are some like really like fascinating things they could do with uh, systems and, and programs that they already have going on. Like what if like their next big backward compatible thing was uh, the entire Sega Dreamcast thing is, is backward compatible and we're going to put it on the store and they're going to be the original games. They're just going to work like, oh. it, like they could do stuff like that. And, and that would be huge. It may, it would be news. And it, it has to also be accompanied with, you know, their equivalent of, of God of war. Like it just, they have to have that. They gotta have something. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I'm a big believer that the Game Pass thing is going to work for them and it's going to deliver what they want. Uh, but it, it's, it, yeah, it just has to have those temples to hold it up on the on the edges. Um, beyond Microsoft, though, are you expecting anything specific from Nintendo or Sony or anyone uh, else? I'm, I'm kind of interested to see like how much we see about both the next Fire Emblem and the and Metroid Prime Four from Nintendo because mm-hmm. those are both things that have been announced, but we haven't heard very much of is that something that you know am i going to get a feeling that these games are coming out like end of 2018 early 2019 from the show or am i going to think okay those are really still quite a ways out yeah i and, and i'm starting to come around to your way of thinking that pokemon is no way this year i just don't see it i, I have a hard time thinking that's getting turned around so fast u.s gamer i think did a, a a big thing explaining why and they're like we don't have any insight but here's all the evidence of why you shouldn't expect pokemon this year uh i think the big thing was just like they get set in their ways they have their their development pipeline and once it's set they're slow to change it uh so to expect them to d- dismantle all of that and to make a switch game this quickly especially when the pokemon company international's uh, ceo who is independent of Nintendo that, you know, Nintendo only owns one third of Pokemon. Um, he thought the switch was going to fail. So like, were they think, were they going to be investing in the idea of making a switch game early on? Or did it was, was it like month three? They're like, Oh shit, this is the real deal. We got to get to work. Um, in which case, yeah, next year at the earliest. So. I mean, yeah, again, if there is a uh, announcement, Pokemon is going to be diamond pearl remake for 3ds and people will probably be annoyed by that. But the town says they still want to support the 3DS, and that's right. you know, a very obvious thing they can do for that. Yep, I think you're... And you're not going to have your first Pokemon Switch game be one of the remakes, you know? Yes, yeah. You got you have to come out to the come out the door running with something like that to really establish the voice there. Um, yeah, I, I... And then Sony, I mean, Sony feels like they're going to be in a, uh, like, a, the equivalent of a sports team rebuilding year where they have won their championship... And all the t- all the players are going to get traded away, and now they have to you know come up with something new. Right. I mean, they'll have Last of Us to show, and they'll, they'll still show right. some Spider Man. But Spider Man's going to be kind of like so soonish at that yes. point. That, it, yes, it's one of those games. Yeah. yeah, but it is kind of like okay, what's new now? Right. Um, yeah, and that, that that's you know the other side of the equation of what we were talking about with Microsoft. Uh, Sony has very much established the idea that they are going to always have something to reload into the chamber and that's got to get expensive and it's got to get exhausting. But if games keep selling like God of war, uh, they should be able to justify it. They should be able to make it work. So yeah, E3, man, we got to, we got to figure out what we're doing with that for the, uh, party is what we're going to do. Is that what we're going to do? Oh God. Uh, Yeah, sure. Oh God. Okay. (laughs) All right. I'm going to get very anxious about parties. All right, Mike, let's, uh, let's wrap this episode up. Let's, uh, thank all the folks for listening. Thank you guys so much. Uh, 
we're going to go. But first, Mike, tell everyone where they can find you on this here internet. Well, I'm also doing the Exploding Barrel podcast with my brother. That's at ebpodcast.com. Uh, you can also always find me writing at GamesBeat. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at Tolkoto, T-O-L-K-O-T-O. And I am Jeff Grubb on Twitter. Um, Jeffrey, YouTube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. Uh, for some of my videos, uh, twitch.tv slash Jeff Grubb. I'll probably be playing some Battletech uh, some more when I get a chance. It seems one of those things, it's like, okay, if I'm going to stream, I could also just play Battletech because I'm all I'm all in. I'm committed. So that's a good excuse to help me get through that game. Uh, I want to start playing Frostpunk, but I, it's, one, yeah. it's another one I haven't found any time for. But everyone just keeps saying it's great. So we'll figure it out. Uh oh yeah hey may the fourth be with you you're gonna watch Star Wars like stuff that's like less exciting now that I feel like there's just so much Star Wars all the time now that I don't necessarily need a day to celebrate Star Wars yes Star Wars yes, like for it, sure. it was more fun like in 2000 uh, like 14 you know right yeah and in, in the darkest of days exactly um it was uh it, it, to me now Star Wars feels like a holiday thing after all those movies coming out at Christmas time um it's like I associate it with winter and family we got, and, that. we got the one coming out what, next month yeah and it's going back to summer and that's what it started as but it's just like that's what my association has shifted to so it's like ah, eh, may the fourth is one thing but uh, christmas is the real star wars time now and yeah that's it's, not see my thing is it's, it's always kind of star wars time now so no you're you're definitely right for sure yeah either way i i'm with you that uh, may the fourth is like eh, whatever maybe i'll maybe i'll watch something news Okay, everybody, thank you so much uh, once again for listening. We'll be back next week, probably earlier in the week, so it'll be a short turnaround. I'll be, uh, I'm on vacation next week. Oh, that's right. So you're, yeah, yeah. You're going, to, to wrangle someone else. You're going somewhere new this time. I think it's, what is it, Disney World? Yeah, no, yes, I'm <laughs> going to Disney World. Hey, <laughs> they got everything you need there. That's true. That's they, got, I mean, they got the Epcot. They got the, the, the Animal Kingdoms, the Magic Kingdoms. Like, what What else? You know? Don't they do they have like one of those like isn't there like a town that Disney owns where you can like live or something? Celebration, or they, yeah, yeah. Try I mean, that. Yeah, it's expensive, right? Uh, but I mean, if they like, if they like kept like building that out and making like various kinds of places that you could live, would you consider it? No, well, no. For the same, like I don't really want to leave Ohio. Uh, right. Okay. I'm not as much as I love Disney World. I can't just you know. What if they got into like the the real estate market to the point where like they are building Disney communities around the world? Oh, but there, yeah. There's like the Disney houses that. Poet, Ohio, I might consider it. I just moved, though. Don't make me think about moving again. Oh, God. <laughs> Fair no, God, you're right. I'm sorry. I actually <laughs> wouldn't want to do that to my worst yeah, enemy. I'm having, like, panic no. Yeah, I would not want to. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we're, we're, we're ending this show. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Mike, I bet the uh, the Pinto of video game consoles is the CDI. This is what you're thinking of. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it'd be a 3DO. Man, I don't know. That's, well, it, it could be either one. It feels like it's going to be one of those old ones with a uh, first-gen CD-ROM drive. One of those things that's going to spin up and, and kill somebody.